Okay. Uh, welcome to the QKB Community Spotlight. Queensland Kettlebells is a friendly gym in East Brisbane, practicing strength for life. Finding out a little bit more about what makes our awesome members tick, the hints, tips, and why they do what they do. Uh, today we have Fiona, and uh, and so Fiona's part of a pair when she visits our gym, um, and so we'll be interviewing Trent after this, but you'll have to wait a couple of weeks to hear what he had to say. So, uh, so Fiona, tell us a bit about yourself, how you found our community and what you do during the week. Uh, hi, thanks for having me. Um, I guess a little bit about me, I'm originally from Townsville, moved to Brisbane a few years ago about seven now actually and met Trent and Trent is the reason why I come here <laughs> so never in a million years did I ever think I would join a gym and lift weights every morning starting you know getting up at five thirty, doing all that kind of thing um but it's just been brilliant it's been really really good so true love conquers all <laughs> I wouldn't go that far <laughs> um yeah I I'm not I don't have a history of being particularly sporty or, um, you know, athletic in any way. But I think that the attitude of your gym is very relaxed. So that's what I kind of appreciate. Yeah. Yeah, cool. And what does a normal day look like for you? Um, so we get up at 25 past five <laughs> to leave the house at half past five. Um come to the gym we do our workout um get home eat a full breakfast so we have um meal prep sundays and do like a big quiche and eat really healthy food and then i stick around the house till about 10 30 um doing some freelance i work as a graphic designer and then then i go to work in a small studio work till five or six do graphic design all day come home that's it. <laughs> Go to bed early to get up the next day. <laughs> yeah, great. Yeah. <laughs> and you're a graphic designer. What inspired you to begin doing graphic design? Yeah, so I was always really arty. Mm. I, I grew up in a family with some really smart siblings, so mm. I think art was like my thing. I got yeah. to be the arty one. And um, I can remember being really little, like, in nappies, like, on the computer, playing with paint. Yeah. Um, just loved it from a very early age. Yeah. And I knew I wanted to... Well, I wanted to be an artist, let's be honest. Yeah. <laughs> but I always loved computers as well, so it kind of made sense to, so to connect the dots. If you were in nappies on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> yeah, so my dad was always, uh, he's a teacher, but he was always a computer nerd yeah. as well. So yeah. he always had the, like the first Apple computer was yeah. like in our house. So I was pretty lucky. I mean, kids these days, I see Abby with the iPad and, you know, the, what's it called? The, the pencil. The stylus. Yeah. It's just so cool. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been really cool for her is having the the iPad. So we don't have vast numbers of papers now starting to proliferate through our house. She can we yeah. can keep track of her evolution as a as an artist, I guess, yeah. um, without needing to carry reams of paper. So yeah. hopefully, in you know twenty years time, yeah. we'll be able to look back and see what 
the equivalent of young Fiona <laughs> on Microsoft Paint. Yeah. Um, was putting out. Yeah, that's it's so it's so awesome because it's just practice and getting you know getting your skills. You can have a good eye, but if you don't practice, you don't get mm. better. So it's it's really cool. And yeah. she's yeah she's already super talented. So it's it's really cool to see. Yeah, I'm I'm the inverse of you. So <laughs> really? I come from a family where most of the males in my family seem to be really quite good artists mm. and uh and I didn't get that gift mm. so uh so I do nerd things instead <laughs> um. yeah it's not always one or the other I think my my brother you know he loves theatre my sister loves art as well but they're just you know we're all so different we're all talking to you so mm. um yeah it's interesting how you can grow up in the same house and have completely different interests yeah. to everyone else, you know. Mm. And what's the number one thing that you do every day or, or you know, every now and then that, that makes your life way better? Oh, that's an interesting question. What is it that makes it better? Um, I think, ooh, I, you know, it's the end of the year and... I think New Year's goals are really good for me. So I've started doing that about five years ago. I set a New Year's goal and I really just stuck to it all year. So I think that's, I mean, it doesn't sound super fun, but when you have like one consistent goal all year, you do, you accomplish it one way or another. So I think that is what has quietly been making my life a bit better <laughs> of, of late um, yeah yeah awesome yeah there's there's self-determination theory which reckons that one of the key things for having a satisfying life is having something to push towards yeah something <laughs> we are probably going to need to move inside based <laughs> on <fine>. that <laughs> the uh, the dulcet tones of Norm Clark Automotive yeah um, so uh yeah okay so so having a clear goal and having something that you can that you know you're striving towards is, yeah yeah awesome yeah I think I think that's extremely helpful for me to just have the one um, one thing that I'm always working towards and then when you slowly get there it's it's really rewarding so mm. um, yeah yeah I, I think particularly in our in our world that is so um, unfocused mm. having something that, that gives you, you a bit of a theme that you you, you look at regularly is, is pretty cool mm. Tim Minchin in one of the things we posted recently talks about passionately following short term goals mm. um, and I, I think that's something cool to, to look at my computer's betrayed me this is not the outcome I was looking for. Come back. Yeah, so um, this year I was looking into minimalism a little bit more um, at the beginning of the year and I've successfully not bought anything all year. Awesome. Which is pretty cool compared to what I was doing um, in previous years. I'm a bit of a shopaholic. Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, the fact that you know, I think I bought maybe a sweater from an op shop 
and a pair of shoes that I needed to replace. Right. Um, but nothing new, and yeah, it's just been a real eye-opening experience. So yeah, yeah, it's um, interesting. <laughs> I, I'm I'm trying to push Rachel towards a more minimalist lifestyle, <laughs> not necessarily to reduce the number of things that we purchase mm. but reduce the number of things that we own so that we appreciate what we've got more yeah. so we may we probably won't go an entire year without buying stuff but we should have an exit door that's equally as large as our entry <laughs> if we if all goes to plan yeah yeah absolutely i remember laura on your podcast mentioned the um life-changing magic of tidying up yeah that's yeah. her favorite book and i i read that book yeah, earlier this year after the podcast, and yeah, it's it's spot on. There's a few different theories, like you, if you buy one thing, you you throw out mm. another. But in actuality, really, once you start, you discover how little you really need. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> and how much you actually have is, is amazing. Yeah. So, my mum's ex- exploring tiny homes at the moment. Ah. Um, Trent would love for us to move into a tiny home. I'm not so sure. Yeah, I would love to move into a tiny home, but Rachel's also not so sure. Um, So you've touched on it a little bit, but tell us a bit about your athletic background. Uh, Lack thereof. Uh, Yeah, so I would say, you know, it's interesting in hindsight, I think as a kid and I just liked free play, you know. Mm. I didn't really like rules or sports or team stuff. I just didn't really... wasn't very coordinated. So mm. when you join a netball team and the ball literally goes through your legs like three times in a game, <laughs> it's just a bit discouraging. Mm. Um, and, yeah, and then when I was a teenager, I have a theory that I actually had celiac disease back then and mm. I was pretty fatigued. I mm. was chronically fatigued. So... Um, Back then, I thought I was lazy. (laughs) Um, But as it turns out, I think I was, yeah, just tired. Mm. Just really deficient in iron and vitamin B. So now, in my early 30s, is probably the sportiest and healthiest I've ever been my whole life. So, yeah, it's pretty encouraging. Yeah, awesome. And that's that's a combination of figuring out celiac issues as well as regular habit. Yeah, regular habit has been huge and also what sports and things suit you so um i went skiing for the first time about three years ago yeah absolutely loved it you mm. know i had packed my case full of books because i was so sure i was gonna hate it yeah. <laughs> and then i loved it so i think it's that combination of um doing something on your own and being free to do what you like but also having the technical aspect of getting to know how to do something and, and learning is really interesting to me. Mm, yeah. Um, now, I'm just making a note for the end. The power of tidying up. Was that yeah, the... Yeah, the, the life-changing magic of tidying up. So we'll... We'll... Because uh, that's obviously been valuable for a couple of our people. Yeah. So hopefully there's a couple more running around. Yeah. Um, so you've you've touched on your specific goal at the moment, I guess, would be to to continue that trend of minimalism. Yeah, absolutely. It should be interesting through Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> but we'll see. We'll see. 
we're approaching next year. Yes. Do you, will you recalibrate to something new or what's, what's the goal there? Yeah, so um, I think career-wise I'll be trying to figure out, um, doing, you know, starting a business next year mm-hmm. potentially. So that's a big one for me. Mm. Um, I think fitness has also been just a running theme every year. Mm. Um, so definitely... It's not so much a numbers game, but just being having continuing this consistency mm. with the gym would be amazing. Yeah. Um, just knowing where we are now compared to how we started would mm. be so great to actually continue that. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, that's that's something that I mentioned to you this morning mm. is um, the fact that you were here even though you weren't feeling a hundred percent. And just doing enough to feel good yeah. is um, for for me. That's that's kind of the goal. We want a place where people can come in and kind of respect what their body's doing, and then leave healthier than what they arrived. So if you're broken, we don't want to make you more broken <laughs> um, by having you jammed into a cookie cutter thing. Yeah, absolutely. And both you and Stefan self-moderated and kind of put yourself into a, a winning position which mm. is really exciting yeah it's cool that you encourage that and you're not going to be like oh you know why can't you do x amount today like it's, it's there's no pressure on us i've always been really intimidated to go to gyms where there's lots of mirrors and you know there's big guys and they you don't want to get between the big guy and his reflection yep. <laughs> you know so it's nice to come to a place that it's just yeah it's mm. easy yeah awesome mm. um what was the last book you read and what was the best thing about um i'm actually i've got an audio uh, subscription this year mm. audible mm. so i've read a whole lot more books than previously and it's been awesome so i'm re-listening to the four agreements by don miguel ruiz and it's so cool (laughs) it's really cool so we i heard about it from a friend of ours and he said it really changed his life and i was Mm. like okay interesting and it's kind of the perfect combination between like personal growth and philosophy um I think it's I think it's based on South American traditional ideas. Could be okay. wrong about that, but yeah, basically it's four simple things to to kind of chain or keep in mind like every day and it's just really, really powerful. Can I put you on the spot and ask you what the four things are? <laughs> yeah. I mean, I don't want to spoil it for you or anything, but one of the... I mean, Do, they, do they reveal them in kind of an inductive yeah, fashion? I, I think it's kind of like one at a time, but, I mean, one of the big ones what? is... I, don't know, I won't spoil it. I won't spoil <laughs> it. But, you know, to give you an idea of what it's actually about, um, you know, one of them is to always keep your word. And yeah. that's just really powerful when you think about that even when you're kind of speaking to yourself, mm. you kind of keep your own word to yourself. Um, and just, yeah, just little things, like don't get offended, like just realise, you know, people, like humans are flawed. Mm. They're going to say things sometimes and you don't need to be offended. It's it's just 
it's such simple information, but it just goes so far. It's really, really cool. Yeah, awesome. And it's written beautifully as well. So. Well, I, I have I've currently got three credits on Audible because oh. I've uh, I've somehow managed to land on long books the last couple of times. So <laughs> I'll uh, I'll, yeah. I'll read that. Yeah, this next. is a this is a quick one, and the voice on Audible is just divine it's this husky voice and i think his name is actually coyote or something like it's ridiculous it's so soothing Mm. so yeah it's really good it's um (laughs) it's like the guy who reads the zen of motorcycle the the art of arcane the zen of motorcycle maintenance or whatever it is zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance i think um which is an old book um but it's a really interesting ride as well It's, Mm. it's worth a read um, it doesn't go anywhere in a hurry. Like you don't read it for an instant outcome, but yeah. it's quite an enjoyable way to grapple with some ideas. Mm. Yeah. Um, favorite food? Ooh. Uh, <laughs> currently, com- making a compilation of foods to make at Christmas. Awesome. And it's pretty disastrous. It's like macaroni and cheese, chocolate brownies, yeah. just junk. Just yeah. junk. All gluten-free. Absolutely, yeah. yeah. I sometimes think gluten-free has saved me from a lifetime of just McDonald's and donuts. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, probably chocolate brownies. I'm a real sweet tooth. Yeah. Okay. Mm. Yeah. That, that all sounds pretty good, though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sticky date pudding. Um, there are these amazing, I think they're Portuguese, like cheesy buns. And it's oh, yeah. a bun, but it's basically all cheese. <laughs> it's delicious. I think I've had those at a Brazilian restaurant. Yes, Brazilian. That's, that's it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they're gluten-free, yeah. so yeah, they're pretty good. Really? Yes. Because they're quite amazing. Mm, yeah. yeah. And then funnily enough, I'm still just a complete carboholic, so any gluten-free bread pastry anything yeah. I can get I feel like it's my obligation to try it when it's in a restaurant if yeah. it's gluten-free <laughs> yeah to encourage them really. but I feel like that's often a trap <laughs> yeah absolutely there's some really bad food yeah where people haven't taken the care with it yeah um, yeah it's getting better it's getting it is better. getting better yeah not that I have any intention of eating <laughs> avoiding gluten because Half of me comes from a culture where they'll add gluten into their food, you know. <laughs> Just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. We've touched it a little bit, but what are your hobbies? Um, yeah, so I guess I like uh, pottery, so mm-hmm. making things out of clay. I've done that for many, many years. Um, I'm taking a break from it right now, but I've got so much pottery around my house, it's kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and, um, yeah, it's fantastic just to get your hands dirty, um, hand building. Uh, everyone thinks of, like, wheel work. Yeah, sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. So wheel work is just, like, I don't know, less than 2% of what you can do, mm. really. And, um, yeah, I love everything about it, just creating something from nothing and um, I make functional pieces as well as non-functional sculptures, glazing, every technique I just is so fascinating to me. Mm. Um, and yeah, I've done it for probably about 13 years. Wow. So yeah, it's, um, it's a passion. Yeah. Passion project. So if you're hand working things, can you get that really paper thin? 
type yeah, finish? Yeah, absolutely. So it just depends on the clay that you use. Um, I really love paper clay. Mm. It's not very easy to work with, but it's very, very smooth mm. and it has um, like little fibers of paper in the clay. So you can build something and it will sort of hang on to pieces, like really fine okay. pieces. Yeah. And then when you fire it, all the, the paper just burns away. So yeah. you're left with a really light, like almost porcelain mm. feeling. It's, yeah, it's really beautiful to work yeah. with. So, and yeah. incredibly easy to break. Yes. Yeah. Very fragile. <laughs> so, yeah, that's the downside. <laughs> Do you have your own kiln? No, no. I've always gone to a studio to let someone else deal yeah. with the firing. Yeah. <laughs> Is, and a, I'm guessing there's an art form yes, to firing. Yes, absolutely. There's, there's an order in which you stilt things and layer things in the kiln so they get the right amount of heat and don't fall on each other or... Um, you know, even certain glazes can react. So if you put a red pot next to a green pot, sometimes you'll get some weird things going on with the glazes. Yeah, they'll sort of react to each other. It's quite a quite a technical process. Um, yeah, it's so rewarding though. Like I love to unpack the kiln because then mm. you're like, whoa, this turned out totally different, or you know, just getting that kind of surprise box <laughs> every time it would be so cool. So that's the dream. I'll have a kiln eventually in my country home. Yeah. <laughs> One day. One day. Uh, the question that Laura got me to ask um, when she, she did hers is, why do you choose to train at Queensland Kettlebells? Um, yeah, like I said, it's, it's a very relaxed environment, so that suits me very well. Um, I think, yeah, unlike, unlike the gym... It's not high pressure or performance really based. It's kind of that slow, steady, wins the race attitude. And I really, really love that. Especially when you, you know, you come from a place where you're not super confident working with weights or coordination, but actually, you know, you can surprise yourself when you start getting better. It's really cool. Yeah, I um, I actually liked that you guys kept your other gym membership for a fair while while you were here. We just um, had one foot out the door. <laughs> yeah, but it, it, it meant that you guys had a baseline that you yeah. knew to go back and check. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, yeah, which is pretty cool. It's, um... Yeah, I mean, and it's also really effective. Like, um, I've done a little bit of Pilates mm. over the years, and... I guess it's also just the consistency, but using the heavier weights, I really do believe you get more results. Mm. You know, it's, yeah. it really does affect uh, your strength. I think think uh, Pilates very much depends on the teacher as well. Yes, it's, um, yeah. I think that's a. It's probably consistent across disciplines, but my experience is that the people who have done some of the longer courses with Pilates can be really very impressive mm. um, and then some of the guys who have done the shorter courses are not as impressive yeah um, yeah just like anything I guess yeah. Really. yeah but I think one time I think you were actually talking to someone else but you said something about your intention it kind of starts with your intention and then your breath and then your eyes and then it's the movement so it's very intentional you know, it's, it's not just pump iron in front of the mirror and just see what happens. It's kind of like you've thought things through, which I really appreciate. 
Yeah, so. yeah. I, I, I find that my own training is a form of meditation. Mm. Um, you know, I, I often will laugh because when I'm training, I struggle to count to five. <laughs> uh, it's, a, it's a potluck if my rep sets of five are actually five. Yeah, yeah. Feels like five. That's Yeah, fine. yeah. <laughs> but we're in the ballpark. Yeah. Because you focus in and you exist in the movement. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. That's the other thing. I never had any idea. I just thought, you know... Arnold Schwarzenegger, what an idiot, like just lifting weights mindlessly. And there is so much to it. There's yeah. so much thought goes into every single technique. It's amazing. It's mm. really cool. Particularly those guys who are so strong. Like a, particularly in, in the period where Arnold Schwarzenegger was lifting, mm. those guys were spectacular chemists as well as being really incredibly excellent at, at executing mm. like massive lifts yeah um, yeah and then managing their diet like it yeah. was um and as it turns out really smart guy <laughs> yeah yeah phenomenal governor, He's the governor exactly right <laughs> and a greenie to boot it's great yeah but uh the way he expresses it is really compelling so mm. i'm i'm probably i'm probably not towards the greenest end of the spectrum mm. in general um, but I'm inclined towards small actions that I can take that have the potential for an outsized impact so his video where he talks about you know let's not look at, at the effect of greenhouse gases on the ozone layer or on global warming mm. let's ask ourselves do we want to live in a world where we've got, got pollution being pumped in you know what's this doing to equality of our water all these things that actually have a tangible impact that we can absolutely measure that's that's a far more compelling argument for me than than some of this stuff where Mm. um every outcome proves your theory yeah correct yeah it's Um, a direct direct impact stuff yeah more powerful yeah yeah Yeah. and so things like minimalism that actually do diminish consumption and if they were adopted on a wide scale it would have a significant impact on on that sort of level of production it would be mm. really interesting yeah absolutely if you could have a superpower <laughs> what would it be was this from Brent <laughs> I don't know where the superpower came from uh, it, it actually might have been something I picked up at uh, an original strength yeah, event cool. with Steve Fury <laughs> Um, so many comic book movies too to choose from um, there's this one superpower I think I read about and it's called power mimicking Okay. so you could, it's kind of like a super villain power actually because you're <laughs> almost stealing someone else's skill yeah. but I wouldn't want to steal it from them I just want to you know do the same yeah. as they could do so if you were lifting the you know 45 over your head I could just walk up cold and <laughs> lift it up yeah. too but I mean you could you could go to the symphony and just play any instrument or yeah. you know watch Michael Phelps and then swim really fast or and it's just yeah I love the idea of like feeling how that feels yeah that would be just amazing so yeah awesome <laughs> that is that's a great superpower yeah um speak any language travel the world yeah yeah like have a super brain yeah ultimate analysis yeah um, absolutely and replication solve any problem yeah 
<laughs> like a like Chuck. Chuck. You can Chuck was a very bad TV series, oh. <laughs> um, and basically he had a database downloaded into his head, oh. and he was able to automatically access it and then do cool stuff like talk foreign languages and do kung fu. Well, I think it's also like the skills that you learn over time, like instruments or cooking or mm. something. You can't necessarily just read a book and know, okay, I can do that now. It's it's mm. like you know the years of practicing guitar and. Yeah. You know, just to be able to, yeah. Build patterns. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. Um, yeah, look, that's uh, that's the majority of our questions in terms of finding out about you. We've The other thing, actually, that I wanted to... Because we're coming up to events, talking about what events are coming up in the future. But I wanted to hearken back to um, our ping pong thon Yes. So that was... That was something that you drove for us and helped to raise two grand for child trafficking victims or to fight child trafficking, not for child trafficking. No, we don't Um, encourage that. Yeah. Um, So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, so um, Ping Pongathon, we heard about at a conference um, in Sydney this year and, um, yeah, I just thought it was a fantastic idea. it was actually Trent's idea to bring it to the gym because awesome. you guys are just an inbuilt community, so mm. that was perfect. Um, yeah, and it's yeah, it's a great charity. They they support about seven different um, people who are really doing stuff on the ground um, in Southeast Asia, stopping trafficking, and yeah, it was it, we raised well over the target with all the cash donations awesome. and stuff coming in so I was super happy and proud of everyone great. that participated it was great it was really yeah. really good um, and you got yourself a ping pong table out of yeah, it <laughs> we got a ping pong table we really had yeah. to twist your rubber yeah, arm for yeah. that one <laughs> yeah I um I was talking to Trent and Fiona and uh, and they were saying I think we can I think we can bring in a, a, a table tennis table and I was like no no I've yeah, got this. It was, yeah, it was like the <laughs> ultimate support. It was like, can we do this thing? And you're like, I'll buy a table to support straight away. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. It was really good. Um, it's, it's always hard to get me to buy a table tennis table. Yeah. <laughs> so. But it was a lot of fun too. It was a yeah. good day. It yeah, it was. And, uh, and, and uh, it's, it is really nice to see people take their hard-earned cash and put it towards something that's, yes. that's greater than themselves. We're in such a wealthy country, and I think it's easy to lose sight of the fact that we do actually have disposable income, even yeah. if we feel tight. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, when you realise it can make such a big difference, it's not a hard decision. <laughs> no. Um, yeah. Hmm. Our upcoming events. Uh, we are reaching Christmas, but on Wednesday, if I get this up in time, the 13th of December... We have our next beginner workshop at 4.30. Um, and then uh, we have a strong first event in February, which is uh, the ideal way for someone to, to learn some of the, the kettlebell movements in depth. And Sean will be running another event called uh, One Mind Any Weapon, which is, uh, is something that people who have done the other course will benefit from looking at things like the bent press and zercher squat and some other cool lifts like that um 
things that we mentioned in this episode. So we mentioned the life-changing magic of tidying up again. Um, and that was by... Uh, Marie Kondo. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then The Four Agreements by Don Miguel Ruiz. Yep. And that's a book a bit about personal growth and philosophy. That is a simple, potentially South American-based sort of mm. life philosophy, I guess. Yeah, just, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, is there anything else you'd like to add? Uh, <laughs> not really. Not really? Awesome. <laughs> uh, well, thank you very much. Thank um, you. If people like what we do, please follow the podcast on iTunes, like our Facebook page and get in touch. And if you don't, flick me an email to help us make it better. Thank you very much, Fiona. Cheers. Thank you. And I'll hopefully be back on the podcast (laughs) more regularly.